0: Welcome to the Awakening Church, one of the great churches Maui has to offer. And now, Pastor Stefan Fusle with this week's message. Well, aloha, welcome everybody to the Awakening Church. If you're excited to be alive this morning, give God a big praise. It's good. It's a good day. It's a beautiful day. Hey, we're pumped because we're just having a really cool celebration. It's a National Come Back to Church Day, so if you're here, you're celebrating with us. We're gonna have a lot of cool things. Pizza's on the way. It's gonna be a great time. We're gonna get the, actually the boxing gloves on, and we're gonna have it. We're gonna duke it out right in the boxing ring. We're gonna see if me and Bob can get in there, and you know, no, me and James, me and James. I think I'm calling out James right now. We're gonna we're gonna box in there, right? Yeah, they get the big inflatable gloves. I think, right? Okay, we're gonna do it. Um, Yes, we're, we are currently in our series called How to Walk on Water. How to Walk on Water. It's a series about faith. But when I was thinking about this series title, I was thinking about actually a show that I've watched from time to time and got a, quite a few laughs and giggles. It's uh, the show called Ridiculousness. Have, have, how many of you seen that show? Okay, if you haven't seen that, you've probably seen Jackass or a few of those people, crazy people doing crazy, stupid stuff, right? They're doing silly things. And um, some of them have, and and like a great title for uh, one of the ridiculousness sketches would be people who think they can walk on water, right? People who think they can walk on water. Uh, And then you'd have them all wiping out like crazy. And and I, I think they should just title it, people who play stupid games should win stupid prizes. Okay. (laughs) How many of you won stupid prizes because you played a stupid game before and you ate it, you had a a terrible wipeout? Anybody in here? Come on, let's be real. This is awakening. We can be real. How many of you have stupid prizes? Okay. Awesome. Well, I can think of a couple right off the top of of my head. The first time was, well, it wasn't the first time. There was many. There was one time I decided that I was uh, a pro skater and I was gonna bomb, and this was in Newport Beach, California, Newport Boulevard, and that goes right down into the PCH, by the way. And I thought it would be bright and intelligent at three in the morning to get on my skateboard and bomb this hill. And about halfway down, I start getting the wobbles, right? <laughs> you know, the trucks are not tight enough, and I start getting the wobbles, and I'm like, bail, 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 and I jump off and I try to run as fast as my big legs could run, but I couldn't keep up with the speed. So guess what happened? <laughs> me, me and uh, the asphalt got in a little fight and it won. And I had uh, rash burn all over my body I'd bounced over a curb. Okay, here's another one. Uh, one time I decided to jump off a 50-foot cliff, had an amazing time down, quite an adrenaline rush, and I had a fight with the water. And I've been, I was violated by the water when I hit the, hit the water. Was, I don't wanna get into details, but it was bad. Uh, yes. Uh, there, there's all kinds of, in fact, one time I thought it was a super Spider-Man type and I was young and I was into like stealing things, you know, when I was, you know, how many th- when you're younger, you, you're into stealing things, okay, come on, come on, don't leave me hanging, how many of you, be real, okay, um, I, when I was 15, I was in Switzerland, I wanted to steal some Swiss flags, so I scaled up the side of a building, two and a half stories up, and got some flags, but then I fell in the process, broke my leg, shattered my elbow, and I'm, like, crawling back home, ah, crying, right? Play stupid games, win stupid prizes. Now, say with me. Play stupid games, win stupid prizes, right? That's what happens, okay? But here's the thing. In life, it's kind of like that, isn't it? We take risks. We take steps of faith in many different ways, and then we get hurt and life comes crashing down. We take a risk, we take a step of faith and let somebody in relationally. And then it gets a little more serious and maybe we get married and then divorce. We're broken. We have epic fail. Maybe you, you, you uh, get a close friend and, and you trusted them and they betrayed your trust. Maybe you take a risk and you try to chase after your dream only to fail and lose trust in yourself, lose, lose faith in your capacity to do the things you dream of doing. It goes on and on, and we have this, this life where we have scars literally around our bodies, on our hearts, reminding us of the times that we had faith yet failed. And what that does is that puts us in a position where we are now stagnant in our life, because we're afraid to risk because of the pain and the wounds that have come along the way when we've done that in the past. Uh, one of the times that uh, God had really asked us to take a step of faith, it, was, it felt like we were trying to walk on water. It seemed so impossible. Is when God called my wife, Amber, and I after we'd been a decade in Southern California her whole life. Uh, but being in ministry there, it was amazing. We had an amazing uh, condo. And uh, we had a cat, pet cat that my brother kind of g- just gave it to us when he was deployed. And and we had just the, the nice two cars, and we had salary positions, and we were around a, a, a church family that we loved, and we really, really loved Southern, Southern California. And then I went on a mission trip to Africa. We were buil- building a hospital for AIDS transference victims to help them not get AIDS when they're, b- when they're born. And, and it was a pretty cool experience, but in this in this time in Africa, there started to get this rumbling, this, this holy discontent to where I was thinking, God's up to something, I know you're wanting to tell me something, and I know I don't, I'm not going to like it because I feel like you're going to be challenged me to take a step of faith. And sure enough, when I got back home to Southern California, spent the day on the beach and just started seeking God, listening to him, and sure enough, you know what God had started putting in my heart? Stefan, I want you to get into church planting. And I'm like, oh... I, I, and because I, I know that that's a lot of sacrifice. So I, I told my wife, and she's like, wow, we've got to really take this. So we've got everything laid out here. I started meeting with a church planter, and he was challenging me, hey, have you told your senior pastor yet? And I'm like, no. <laughs> and you know why that is, right? Just so you know, if you know the church world, if you're uh, you know, somebody in on staff at a church, and you're going to go plant a church, and you're going to go tell your senior pastor that you're going to plant a church, guess what's going to happen to you? you're going to get fired. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, no, I don't want <laughs> to get fired, right? Because the, the, the senior pastor's afraid that you're going to take people and take resources and it's messy and, oh, but I, I went to home and told them, and I didn't get fired. I was like, whew, and in fact, they paid for me to, and my wife to go to assessment, we got the green light. We couldn't believe it. We're like, whew, and then we had, it was time. They said, okay, we're giving you two months' pay. we me you a computer. We're going to take them an offering, but you're going to go. And then guess what, we had to sell our house. And by the time we got in the plane, our house still hadn't sold. We had money and saved up. And by the time we depleted that, our house had sold and we were working jobs, odd jobs, just to make things happen here in Maui Hawaii. There's a whole lot of faith stories that happen. But this church exists because God raised a challenge for us and we took a risk and God honored us and met us in that. And because of that, we have here the Awakening Church. Isn't that amazing? Let's give God a praise for the waking. This is a cool family. I love this family. Um, but that's, that's, that's a big deal, okay? And, and you're just like, wow, I'm just, I just took me faith to get, I was like walking on water just to get me out of bed this morning, to get to church this morning. Oh, my goodness. I, but, but think about this. When, when, it's, when, when God asks us to risk something, we struggle, right? Because we think into ourselves, Man, because if I want to chase after this opportunity and risk something, I'm going to have to say something, right? You want to get a raise? It, you're just going to sit there, trill your thumb, and not tell your boss that you want a raise? Eventually, you're going to have to step up and ask somebody for a raise. Well, oh, no, 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 I don't want to do that. But I'm afraid because they might tell me no. Or maybe maybe you're thinking, okay, well, I, I, I know that God wants me to take a step of faith in this area, okay, another area. And but, but in order to do that, I know that there's gonna be some barriers. I know that there's gonna be some obstacles that get in the way. And you know what? I tried. I tried, Pastor Stefan. I tried to open that door and it was just locked. And I'm afraid I can't get over these barriers. I'm seeing the opportunity pass me by, and I can't get through the freaking door. How many of you ever felt like that before? You know what? But you don't, you don't realize that maybe five feet down there's an open window. Crawl through the window. Right? And then, or we think about, okay, well, yeah, I, I know that I'm supposed to take risks. I know I'm, I, I, I'm burned before. You know, I, I need to say something. I need to I need jump over these barriers, but Pastor Stefan, if, if I want to do this, then I'm going to have to give up things that make me comfortable. I like my lazy boy couch. I like watching ridiculousness until three in the morning. Right? I, 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 I have things that I'm holding on to that, that I'm not willing to let go in order to receive my miracle. See, you've got to let go of that in order to get what's coming to you, the miracle that's coming to you. My question for you this morning is this. What are you doing right now that is causing you to live by faith? What are you doing right now that you're having to risk something? And if there isn't something that you're living by faith in or risking, then maybe that when we do that, we don't please God's heart. Because he wants us to live. He wants to live life to the tilt. In order to do that this morning, we're going to have to ask God to come here and really open up our hearts and minds, because I know he's going Powerful things for us hear. So if you could join with me, then let's pray together and ask him to just come. Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much for this day. We thank you for the good things that you have for us today. We thank you for the awakening Ohana, that's this crazy family full of really colorful, amazing people. We thank you so much for uh, how you're moving in this church. And Lord, we thank you for this message about faith because we know that you said in your word that it's impossible to please you without faith. And so Lord, would you speak to us? Would you open hearts by the power of your holy spirit would you open hearts would you change minds would you change lives and we pray this in jesus precious name and everybody said amen amen okay now i want to talk to you about uh, this man named jesus okay this is where we get the whole how to walk on water because this is this is the guy that did it let me tell you about this story so Jesus, he's ministering to people. He's healing people. He's raising people from the dead. He just had one of his buddies had his head cut off. And he John the Baptist, he lost his friend. And man, he was tired. And he, when Jesus was tired, know what he did? He withdrew and got away. He got alone with God so that he could get filled up so that he could seek God's direction. And so he went away, and he told the disciples, go on ahead without me. Go ahead and cross that, 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 that body of water. It, it'll be all right. And guess what happened? It wasn't all right. Jesus was setting them up. He was setting them up for an opportunity. What happens, a big storm comes, and the disciples are freaking out. And what does Jesus do? Oh, he just, you know, gets on the water, starts walking towards them. That's what we pick up in the first verse here. In Matthew chapter 14, verse 24 to 26, deep in the night when he had concluded his prayers, Jesus walked out of the water, walked out on the water, to his disciples in their boat, the disciples saw a figure moving toward them, and they were terrified. Now, if you were in a storm, I've been in deep seas, okay, and the ocean, deep sea fishing in the middle of the night, and I tell you what, if I saw somebody walking, it was like way off the coast. I couldn't even see Maui anymore. It was deep sea fishing off the coast of Molokai. I, if I saw some dude walking on the water, I'd be a little freaked out. Would you be freaked out? Okay, I'm like am I watching a horror for- film or something? They were freaked out. They were scared. And, and what happens is eventually they realize it's Jesus. Peter, he's like, oh, it's Jesus, Jesus, let me come out to you. He's like, cool, look what he's, I want to do that. And, and Peter, he's like, come. Peter starts walking on water. It's unbelievable. Only a human being in the history of the world who had walked on water, except for Jesus, who is fully God and fully man. But that's Jesus, okay? He can just do that without thinking. He's walking on water. But Peter's walking on water. And what does Peter do? He's focused on Jesus. He's doing the miraculous. He saw an opportunity and he took it. What an amazing story. But then what starts happening? Peter starts focusing. He starts focusing on the barriers. The waves start crashing and the thud of the the waves pounding starts ringing in his ears and the fear starts growing in his heart and that faith starts dissipating and then not, not only that, he's he turns around and looks back. He looks back to the comfort of the boat that he left where everybody else was safe and sound and the, four, the fear even grows even bigger in his heart and he starts sinking. He starts sinking and then Jesus, he comes up and grabs Peter because Peter's yelling, help me, Jesus. Jesus pulls him out. Is Peter. Why do you lack so much faith? And I think of this story and I'm thinking, that's, that's crazy because he, Jesus is walking on water, water like la-di-da-di-da-di. da i am walking on water, right? And then Peter gets out and walks on water. That's crazy. Who else is why Anybody in here walked on water? That's too fantastical for me. It's too mind-blowing for me to get my mind around. I if I could learn to do that, I'd just like sit in my room and learn how to do matrix and bend a spoon or something, right? If I could get the right formula. But we think, wow, this is just impossible. How do we walk on water? Is that even is that even what we're supposed to do? And so, in order for us to understand this text better, I want to take a look at a couple different examples. In the Bible, of some practical ways that people walked on water. They didn't physically walk on water, but what they did was supernatural. And this first story, I gotta tell you, is powerful. It's powerful. It's a story of a man who was alone, he didn't have anybody, he didn't have a job. He didn't have any opportunities. He didn't have much food. In fact, his his stomach was growling. And all he had was a cup and his coat. And he would sit by a place where people would walk by. Alms, alms. Does anybody have any spare change, please? I'm hungry. And he would sit there with just his cup and his cloak. But what does this cup represent? Well, this cup represents the sin that creeps into all of our lives, the thing that makes us so, so alone and depra- depressed and discouraged. And, and, and sometimes it makes it feel like life is meaningless like there's an emptiness inside of us and nobody can fill it, and there's this cup. It's full of suffering. This is the cup that we can refer to when Jesus was at the Mount of Olives. He was ready to go and get crucified on the cross. He was about ready to die and pour out everything for you and for me because of our sin, and he said, Father, would you take this cup of suffering from me? And then when the disciples said, I'll follow Jesus no matter what happens. I don't care. I'll die for you. Jesus said, indeed, you will drink from this cup. This cup represents the suffering that you and I and all of us, the brokenness that we all have in our life. But that doesn't stop. This man, Bartimaeus, the beggar, not only was he poor, but he was blind. He couldn't see. He had his cup and his cloak. But then he heard a group of people approaching. And they, as people were walking by, he has his ears. He doesn't have his eyes, so his ears are the, the thing that he has. And he starts to listen. He starts listening to the whispers of the people walking by and they're starting to say, hey, it's Jesus, it's Jesus of Nazareth, the son of David. He's healed my daughter, he's done this, and hearing the stories as these people walking by, and he hears the footprints of Jesus approaching, walking by. And what does Bartimaeus do? If you wanna walk on water Begin with a cry for help. Let's take a look at what he did. Mark chapter 10, verse 46 to 47. As Jesus was leaving town, trailed by his disciples, and a parade of people, a blind beggar by the name of Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, was sitting alongside the road. And when he heard that Jesus Nazarene was passing by, he began to what? Cry out. Everybody say cry out. Son of David, Jesus, have mercy on me. He cries out. When you see an opportunity walking by, begin with crying out. The cool thing about this guy's name, Bar means, in the Greek, it means son of. Timaeus means to honor. So his name meant, The one, the the son of the father who honors. And he was giving and honoring Jesus by crying out with an opportunity to show his power. And so he cries out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. He's blind. He's hungering. He holds his cup of suffering. And the reality is, is that as we look down in the next scripture, you may be thinking, oh, Pastor Stephan, let's keep that verse up there. Pastor Stephan, I, I'm good. I, you're talking about this suffering and this cup. I, my cup is full. I got it made. I got food in my belly. I got a roof over my head. God's blessed me. I got all my toys that I want. I got all the things that I I feel like I need to make me happy. You know, this God thing, I really, I don't know, I don't really know if I need that. But the reality is spiritually, this is what Revelation says, John says in TLB version, he says, You say I'm rich with everything I want. I don't need a thing. But you don't realize that spiritually you are wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. You are Bartimaeus the beggar. With a cup full of suffering, blind and wretched. And so, Bartimaeus, he has the wisdom to acknowledge that he's broken and that he needs Jesus. And so what does he do, right? In order to walk on water, what does he have to do? He has to begin with crying out. Everybody say cry out. Cry out. Sometimes in your life when you're going through stuff and, and you see uh, uh, obstacles in your way and, and you know that you have to take a risk and you're afraid, but here's what I want to tell you about this sound. It's opportunity. It's the opportunity for him Jesus. It doesn't stand still. You have to go out and meet it. You have to go after it And the form of doing some action of crying out is the first thing you do. Jesus is always honoring acts of faith. It's the thing that pleases him most. Without it, you can't please him. In, in all kinds of stories, all along the way, in the Bible, there are stories of people who had to take a step of faith. I, I know of a story of Joshua 1, when the people of Israel had to cross the Jordan River, and, and God commanded Moses, tell the priests to start wading out into the water, and when they get out there, then watch me do what I do. Sure enough, they had to take steps of faith. They had to meet God where he was, and that that water split. The Jordan split. They walked on dry ground across the Jordan River. There's, the Bible's full of these kinds of stories, full of these stories, but you gotta begin with crying out. The second thing that we need to do and have faith to walk on water, and before we get to that, by the way, this is the big the big idea that I wanna repeat over and over again is this. What are you doing right now that requires faith? And if you're not risking then is it possible that you're not taking steps of faith? So I had to cry out. Part of me is to something else. The second thing he does is he breaks through the barriers. If you want to walk on water, you have to break through barriers because the, what barriers will arise. Let me tell you a real quick story. Before you, how many of you have ever had a religious person put up a barrier in front of you coming to God? They, they maybe they said, "Hey, this is what you got. How you got to live. And if you don't do that, then you're a bad person." It made you feel like, whoa, like I. I can't, come, I can't come into a church. I can't go there because then I have to have everything in order to come there. Have you ever felt that way? Like somebody put a barrier? In the beginning of the New Testament, it was kind of the thing that would happen. All along the history of the world, people have been putting barriers in, in front of people who are looking to find God. And the New Testament church, uh, there was the Judeo tradition of circumcision, right? It's what you did. There's a whole lot of reasons for doing that, okay? But what happened is, is that Jesus came and he 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 reached many Jewish people who were the first Christians. But then there was a point to where he reached out to Paul. Jesus gave him a vision, and, and Paul realized that we can't just go to the Jews. We've got to go to all of the world. We've got to go to the Gentiles. Gentiles were non-Jewish people who were not circumcised. And so when the New Testament church started, there was an argument amongst the Jewish people like, hey, if they want to be Christians, then they've got to get circumcised. That's how it should be. Let's just say for the, for the sake of the argument that everybody is out there is not circumcised. And at the Awakening Church, we said, hey, come be a part of our church, guys. But if you want to be a part of our thing, you got to get the, you know, snip, snip. (laughs) Are you kidding me? I I don't know if I would want to come, right? It would be scary. I'd be scared. But this is the kind of things, the barriers that kind of put in the way of people coming to Jesus. And, And they resolve that very quickly, by the way, in that story. But we put barriers in the way. We put barriers away. It was the same for Bartimaeus. It was the same for him. And he is crying out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. But what happens? People who are following Jesus, who ought to know him better, what did they do? Let's take a look. Mark chapter 10, verse 48 through 49. It just said, just one person tried to hush him up. It, no, wait, wait, did I read that right? How many? He said many. Many tried to hush him up. That's, let me stop right there. That's sad. There shouldn't be anybody in the church that ought to put a barrier in before someone who's trying to come to Jesus or trying to learn about God. And we, we want to, at the Awakening Church, we want to remove as many barriers as possible to make it as easy as possible, accessible as possible, for them to know Jesus. Because that's what's most important when it's all said and done. But many try to hush him up. But what did Bartimaeus do? He broke through barriers. What did he do? What did he do? He yelled out, Son of David, have mercy on me, Mark 10. "Son Son of David, have mercy on me. He yelled all the louder. And then what did Jesus do as he's walking by? opportunities passing by. What did Jesus do? He stopped. He got Jesus' attention. And he says, call him over. Bring him to me. Bring him to me. Come on over, Bartimaeus. Come over here. Come over here. And what you got to do is you got to cry out when you see the opportunity of Jesus coming by you. And in fact, he's doing it right now. His spirit is moving through here. And you got to cry out to him. And not only that, you've got to push through barriers because many, many might try to stop you. And it's not just religious people. It's your spiritual enemy, the devil. And he's sitting there whispering to you, oh, this isn't real. This isn't, oh, this is a bunch of people playing church. I don't know why I'm here, blah, blah, blah. And he, there is a spiritual enemy here to steal, kill, and destroy and remove the opportunity you have to meet Jesus. But Jesus says, no, bring him over. Bring him over. And so he comes. He comes because he cried out. And he broke through barriers. Let's take a look at the next verse. Now, the third thing that you do if you want to walk on water, you don't only got to cry out. You got to break through barriers, but then you got to let go. You got to let go of what comforts you. And Bartimaeus, he has, he has, he has his cup of suffering, and he has his cloak. And what does he do? What does he do? They called out to him, the people. After Jesus said, "Come, bring him over," they say, "It's your lucky day. Jesus is calling for you. Jesus is calling. It's your lucky day. Come on, Jesus, come. Come on down. Right? What do you mean? It's my lucky day? There's no luck." There's no luck involved when it comes to Jesus. There's no coincidence. There's no chance. God has you here for a reason. And when when Jesus is calling, it's not by luck or chance. Because those same people are thinking, oh, well, he's lucky. Well, he saw an opportunity and he cried out for it. And he broke through our barriers. Well, he's just lucky. But the thing is, is that you are not lucky. He is here to meet you today. He's here to touch your heart. He's here to break through. And he's calling you out. Come on over. I got something for you. And so what does he do? He throws off his coat. And he's on his feet at once. And came to Jesus. That coat. That coat that kept him warm. The cloak that, that, that is the only possession he had. The thing that he could bring with him. The thing that maybe if he was starving to death, he could trade for a little bit of food. It was his comfort. And what does he do? When he sees the opportunity, he cries out. He breaks the barriers. But then he throws off his comfort to go after Jesus. He lets it go. And we're, we're thinking, oh, well, Pastor Stephen, it's just it's too much. The things that I value, the things that I'm holding on to, it's just, I don't, I don't want to give it up. I don't want to let it go. It's just too comfortable to me. But Jesus is calling. I want that stuff to be meaningless to you, to where I am the most important thing and to where if you seek me first and by you not worrying about those things, that I can give you all that you need, but the priority is me. Come to me. Come to me. That's what he's saying. He's coming to me. You cried out. You broke through some barriers, and now he's saying, come. But you're like, oh, I don't want to give this up. Okay, God's calling me to move, to plant a church. Oh! I don't know what to do, right? (laughs) God's calling me to start a new career path. Whoa, now, that's crazy. I've got to make good money. God's calling me to go back to school or break up with that person that's in an unhealthy relationship or walk away from a friendship that's destructive or give up that that thing that you're addicted to. It's scary. Whoa, I'm comfortable. But Jesus is calling. He's come, come. All you are weary. My yoke is light, Right? Come to me. But we're we're holding on to our comforts. We're holding on. Our hands are full of this this cup. This cup. We're holding on to it. She's saying, let it go. Let it go. There's, There's nothing in there. What I've got you is more precious than pure gold. Then precious diamonds. You need to let it go. You need to let it go. Come to me. Bartomese throws off his coat. And here's how I wanna I wanna wrap it up with today, the story. This is your challenge. I'm gonna challenge you. I'm not gonna let you go without challenging you, throwing it on the gauntlet. I wanna ask you, because Jesus is calling to take a step of faith. To take a step of faith. Let's see how this story ends here. And, and, oh yes, this is a good one. By the way, with, when it gets, let, let's go, uh, letting go of comforts, okay? I love this verse, and I love the, I love the form that, that it's in. So what does it say? Strip down. Everybody say strip down. Strip down, okay. Welcome to the Awakening Church. They're talking about stripping, okay. This is crazy. Okay, this is a crazy church. I don't know what they're talking about. Strip down. Everybody say Strip down. Strip down like Bartimaeus. Throw off that cope of comfort. Start running and never quit. No extra spiritual fat, no parasitic sins. Keep your eyes on Jesus who both began and finished the race that we're in. It's time to strip down the things that are holding us back, right? Let go of those comforts. Now, the challenge, the challenge, the challenge. Here's the challenge for you. Here's your homework. Here's your assignment. It's a step of faith. Now, let's conclude this story. Oh yeah, oh yeah, that's that's a great quote. By the way, I wanna I wanna I wanna miss that. Francis Chan, he's the man. How many of you read Francis Chan? How many of you watch him speak? Powerful speaker. This is what he says about comfort. By the way, before we get on ass, assignment, he said, God doesn't call us to be what? Comfortable. That's not what he calls us to do. He calls us to trust him so completely that we are unafraid to push ourselves in situations where we will be in trouble if he doesn't come through. I love that. He's like, hey, put. Put yourself in a situation where you will be screwed if I don't show up. That's faith. That's like that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego type stuff, right? Okay, we're, we are not going to worship that false idol. We're not going to worship that false book of God. But even if God doesn't come, we believe God will come. But even if he doesn't, we will still not worship your false god. We will still only worship our God. They didn't know if God wouldn't show up. They put themselves in a real awkward position, didn't they? But guess who showed up? Let go of that comfort. Okay, you ready? Your assignment, your challenge, you ready? Now let's finish that story. Mark chapter 10, verse 50. Jesus said, what can I do you? He said, Come, come. What can I do for you? What do you need? How can I meet your need? How can I serve you? Jesus is full of love, compassion for him. And the blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. I want to see. I want to. I want to see the beauty. I want to see the trees and mountains. I want to see the colors of people's eyes and the smiles and the body language. I want to see I want to see food. I want to see my family. Rabbi, I want to see. Can you imagine being blind and just wanting to see? On your way, Jesus said. If you can go back one slide. It says on your way. Your faith has what? Two things has saved you and healed you. Your faith has saved you and healed you. In that very instant, he recovered his sight and followed Jesus down the road. It has healed his affliction. Many of you come with that cup of suffering You've come with that affliction and Jesus wants to meet you where you're at. All you need to do is cry out to him because he wants to heal you. There's going to be barriers. There's going to be things that want to get in the way. There's going to be your spiritual enemy whispering in ear or trying to prevent you. There might even be a religious person trying to get in the way but you need to break through those barriers and then you need to let go of that comfort because Jesus wants to heal you. I don't know what you're going through this morning but God wants to, 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 to hit you where you're at and to provide for your needs. He's not just a God that says sacrifice and surrender. And that's no he wants to right now meet your need that's the god we serve he met people's needs first so come to him this is your challenge come to him with your need what is your need he wants to heal you he wants to answer a prayer maybe there's something you've given up on maybe it's a dream maybe it's a relationship you're in that you or you want to have a a a beautiful relationship one day hey come to jesus ask him cry out that's where it begins because he wants to heal you second thing You know what faith did? It not only met his need, but what did it do? It saved him. There was no sinner's prayer. It was his faith that saved him. It was his faith. The same faith that, as one of the criminals that were dying on the cross... And one of the criminals was taunting Jesus, hey, if you're you're the son of God, rescue yourself or rescue us. Taunting him. And the other one said, hey, leave Jesus alone. We deserve to be up on these crosses. And then he turned to Jesus and he said, Jesus, remember me when you get to paradise. Remember me. And Jesus said, today you will be with me in paradise. It was faith. He didn't say a sinner's prayer. It was faith. It saved him. His soul was saved. And what does he do as a result? So not only Jesus wants to meet you, he wants you to cry out, break through barriers, he wants to let go of things, so that you can be healed, so that God can answer your prayer, but he wants to save you. He wants to save you. And order that what? At the last part of that verse, what did, what did Bartimaeus do at the very end? What did he do? He followed Jesus. That's what I want you to do. I just want you to give Jesus a chance to impact you, to speak to you, to heal you, to save you, so that you can follow him, so you can have meaning and purpose and hope and a future. That's what he has for you. All the other things that you're holding on to cannot provide for you. They cannot give you the fulfilledness that you want, that you lack, that hole in your heart that only God can fill. He wants to fill it. That's what he wants for you. Not what your spiritual enemy is saying to you. Not what your relation, other, other religious people might be saying to you. It's Jesus, and he's calling you because you cried out. So this morning, the challenge, we're going we're gonna to pray. We're going to cry. Some of you are going to need to cry out in different situations. And you know what? Not only that, is he gonna, he's going to meet you. He's going to answer prayer. But some of you are going to be saved today. You're going to ask for Jesus to save you. And it's an act of faith that might even be beginning right now in your heart. So we're going to pray. If you could bow your heads with me. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this morning. We thank you that you're a God that meets us in our pain, in our suffering. You don't ignore us when we cry out. And for those of us who, who know God this morning, we call ourselves Christ followers already and we, we feel like we have a relationship with him, but man, we have a need. We need something that's to heal us. We have a prayer request. We have a need for a relationship, companionship. or We have a need for a job or we need need for food on the table. You know what? Come to him right now. Let's pray. If you're in here this morning, I want to take a step of faith. And you know what? Eyes closed, heads bowed. If that's you this morning, say Pastor Stephan, I'm gonna raise my hand. Be courageous. Nobody looking around. Raise your hand. Hey, I have a need right now. I want I want to cry out to God right now. Raise your hand. God bless you. I see your hand. God bless you. God bless you. See a ton of hands. God bless you. God bless you. Awesome. God bless you. God bless you. Great. God bless you. I see it. I see your hands. God bless you. Awesome. Awesome. God bless you great 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 in the back there god bless you lord we just we know that uh, life is not easy you promise us that there will be trouble but but jesus you you have made yourself available to listen to us that all we got to do is cry out help us to cry right now as we're praying right now start speaking to him start asking him for your need that to be met and, and, and jesus is listening cry out to him pray speak to him cry out even verbally even say say, you know if you'd have to do a whisper i don't care but it's not in your head right now start whispering start speaking start saying jesus this is my need would you heal my affliction would you meet my need would you give me a job would you give me a relationship would you would you rescue me from this person or whatever it is start speaking it to him continue to pray this morning if you're far from god and you haven't given your heart to him, you haven't placed your faith in him, I'm gonna give you a chance to do it this morning. And I am gonna give it to you in the form of a prayer. It's a simple prayer that you can pray. And if you wanna give your heart to God, if you wanna take a step of faith to be saved, because you you, you wanna be in paradise one day, I'm gonna show you how to do that. It's real simple. You just gotta to talk to Jesus like you and I are talking right now. And everybody can say it out loud together with me so nobody feels out. You say this, you say, Jesus, forgive me of my sin. I believe that you died on the cross for me. But not only did you die on the cross, but you rose from the dead and you conquered death so that I could be free. Jesus, I want you to be the Lord of my life, come into my heart, wash me clean, make me a new person, give me sight, heal my affliction, in Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us this week. The Awakening Church is a church that unchurched people love to attend where real people can come as they are and connect with others who love God. If you're on Maui, please come join us. If you're not on Maui or you can't attend a service, check us out online at theawakening.org or download our Awakening Church app. You'll find past messages, online Bible studies, scripture, and lots of other cool stuff, including ways where you can help us continue our mission. If this message has blessed you, You can help us increase our reach by giving to The Awakening Church, either on our app or online. Thank you for joining us. Aloha.